NHL for Dummies with Peter Murphy coming up next after I cue the music. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back into another edition of Jake's Takes. I am your host, Jake Masucci. And I am happy to be joined by my guy, Peter Murphy. I am so excited for this. I've been looking at the NHL playoffs, and I've been like, eh, I'm not really keeping up with it. It's NBA season. I'm like, I don't really know. I got to get somebody on to catch me up before things really get heated. And I was like, I got to go to my man, my guy, Peter Murphy. Peter, I'm super excited to have you, man. Yeah, I'm glad to be on, Jake. Just like a little bit. I've not pro hockey player or anything, but I played like since I think kindergarten. Just yeah, you played like since I've known you. Yeah. Like you've been the hockey guy. I'm like, okay, no, I'm what... looking for somebody to talk about hockey, and then I'm like, oh, Peter, he's my guy. I mean, unbelievable, man. You played all four years of high school, correct? Yeah, all four years of high school. Well, we didn't have a team my freshman year. Okay, but sophomore, okay. junior, senior year, and just played growing up. A little bit of travel, mostly just like. For the city and stuff, but yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's sweet, man. I mean, like, as you know, I'm a big basketball guy. I've always been a basketball guy and stuff, but hockey has always been a little bit of an interest for me, okay? I've been seeing it. I've been like, man, like, these hits, and I've been hearing about playoff hockey my whole life, like how it's just completely different, you know? And I'm like, I think it's time for me to start getting into it, especially, like, the Red Wings have always been the best Detroit team forever. Maybe not right now. Definitely not right but, now. But um, why don't you catch me up a little bit about the Red Wings and like where we're at right now before we get into the playoffs. Yeah, so the Red Wings are in the middle of what seems to be a 14-year rebuild. But there's hope on the horizon. So we got our guy, uh, Red Wings player legend, Steve Eiserman. He played here for like 20 years. They called him the captain. Oh, yeah. I then love he, that. Yeah. So then he went, uh, then he got a job down in Tampa Bay as a general manager. He built a team for them that went, they won like, I think three out of five or three out of six. And they're wow. in the mix every year. Oh, yeah. No, they've, they're really, they're they compete good. a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I didn't know he was down there. Oh, Siri talking. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> yeah, no, so he was down there for, like, a couple years, and then he kind of built their roster and then came and then left, and then they got really good, but it's all his work as a GM. So, I don't know. I'm excited to have him. We've had him for three years, but a lot of what he's been doing right now is he's been moving out the the old um, uh, GM's guys. Like, okay. he's been trading them away for young players' picks. What he's best known for is his drafting. Okay. Every time after a draft, you go, you'll, he'll get a grade, and it'll be a C-, minus, and then it'll turn out, like, turns out the Swedish defenseman who's played, like, two <laughs> years of pro hockey. Is, so he's I've, really good at finding those sleepers. Yeah, like yeah, no, like, he's, like, a big second, third-round guy. But, like, he... He's not often in a position to take the top dude off the board where everyone knows. And then we can get into the lottery with that because that just happened. But a lot of times in hockey, it's uh, getting a lot more like basketball right now where football, no one knows who the top pick is until you might know a week before. You might know. Everyone knew Trevor Lawrence was going one. But Mm -hmm. like there's always a little bit of hockey is getting more and more like basketball where five, six months ago everyone knew 
who the first overall pick was going to be. Like everyone knows in basketball, it's going to be Wembenyana. Yes. So it's, there's slogans every year. Last year it was lose for Lafonier. Laf- <laughs> uh, yeah, there's some not very uh, PG's 13 ones too. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like getting more and more. Uh, you want to talk about it. The Blackhawks just won the lottery for this guy, Connor Bedard. Yeah, I've heard about this Connor Bedard guy. Apparently, is, isn't he like the best prospect since like the, a long time, right? Yeah, so right now best player in the NHL, McDavid. And everyone knew he was going to be a stud. He's on year maybe eight or nine. And then about ten years, twelve years before him, there was Crosby. Mm-hmm. And they're put in who was one like bunch of cups was the best player in the league Crosby was a monster was trust a monster. me I remember from yeah. my playing NHL days oh, yeah I would always want the Penguins I'd be like dude Cindy Crosby gonna carry me to yeah he me. was busted he was crazy <laughs> he's still unbelievable and now they're putting this guy Bedard in the same uh uh kind of like tier as those guys like coming first year out he's I don't have the stats on me but how uh Hockey drafting works. You're either going to play in a junior league, which is like sem- it's not semi-professional; it's non-professional. Okay. It's uh, they're not owned by any NHL affiliate, but it's just owned by an owner. They just go there. It's all over Canada and the Upper United States. And he got an exemption. Normally, you got to be 17 or 18 to play in these leagues, and he got he was 16. Wow. He had like the best season ever. Like <laughs> I can't, but he scored a goal and a half a game, a two assists a game. He's something else. It's that, crazy. That's sensational, dude. That actually reminds me a lot of, like, a Luka Doncic. Yeah. Because, like, Luka in the Euro League would just absolutely go nuts. He won MVP at 17 years old, you know? And uh, looking at Bedard, like, that's absolutely sensational. I was actually in the fall watching uh, some hockey with my guy Jamie Pizon. And he was just telling me about this Bedard guy. Oh like, God. this guy is just going to be sensational. And, of course, he ends up in Chicago with the Blackhawks. Oh, well, there's a little bit of uh, – people think it – people love to say the NHL lottery is rigged because <laughs> they allegedly do ping-pong balls or a random generator, but then they just go on TV and read out the envelopes. And, <laughs> I don't know, Gary Bettman could be up to some suspicious activity with that. <laughs> I've heard a lot of uh, NBA lottery stuff just like that, too, with yeah. like the David Stern days and stuff like that. There's a lot of interesting stuff when it comes to the lottery, but it could be a good fit. But if you're a Red Wings fan, you're like, what the heck? Yeah, you know? no, you don't want to – you don't ever want to have that guy in your co- – I mean, he is ridiculous. I mean – we weren't. We didn't have a chance to move up too high, but I was hoping he wouldn't, because I don't know. Blackhawks fans annoying. Yeah. It's a huge. It's a huge hockey market, which is interesting because the final three teams were Columbus, Anaheim, and Chicago. Okay. And you might think for like basketball or football, like Anaheim seems like a market that might be big people watching, but it's just not. You got yeah. for hockey, it's got to be like a traditional market. So it's huge for the league, if it's not rigged, which it probably isn't, but it could be. <laughs> uh, it's huge for the league that he ended up in a good traditional hockey market where he can be seen top primetime TV. Like, they have a competent staff over there. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's probably good for hockey, to be honest, to have him, like, in a big market. But, like, looking at it, like, do you think he could be, like, the Jordan of this new Chicago thing of of hockey? Do you think he could become that, or is that, like, too high of expectations? I think hockey, it's hard to say, like, there's a Jordan. Because you just saw the Oilers, as we're recording this, just got bounced. And it's like, they got maybe the two best players in the entire world, and they just can never get it done. And 
I don't know. You don't see a. I mean, Jordan. Obviously, what makes him Jordan? Six peat. Like that just doesn't happen uh, yeah. in, in any I mean, sport. But I mean, three peat then three peat. Yeah, like, God, that's six ridiculous. and all. But I mean, I don't know Jordan, but you could say he's going to be the next McDavid or. Uh, say he's going to be the next Malkin, or he's. I think there's no one who's saying he's going to be a bust, and I think there's Chicago fans who are hoping he's going to be an all-time generational talent, which I do think he has the opportunity to be. Yeah, and, I've always been like fascinated with that stuff, and uh, just looking at some of these great prospects. It's like if you looked at Michael or LeBron James when he was a prospect, if this guy wasn't a Hall of Famer, his career would have been seen as like. Not great. Yeah, you no, know, his like draft, I think yeah, they said his draft floor was Magic Johnson. Yes, one hundred percent. And it's like that's geez. like the best player of all time at that point. <laughs> exactly, and like the expectations just absolutely insane. And it, are those the expectations for uh, so, Bedard or what? Yeah, the big debate is: Do you play him in the NHL right away, or do you let him stay down in? a lower level work his way up so how does that work in hockey then like you were telling me with the junior league and stuff most people go there but has there any been anybody that just goes straight to the nhl and yeah so um the way hockey is weird because you're either playing college hockey or you're playing juniors okay and uh so then if you get drafted by an nhl team you might you might go play in Russia for a year or you might they don't, well not anymore but back in the day you might do that or you'll go stay it's like AAA in baseball you might go play on the WHL team or the OHL team and work your way up until they feel you're ready and one thing about him is he's young and he's also he's not a huge dude there's okay. always a joke in hockey that like 5'11 the scouts love you and then 6 foot or they hate you and 6 foot they love you <laughs> and I think he's well, I think he's 5'9 or 5'10 so there's a little concern with that like is his body ready Okay. I'm sure they'll have him trying to bulk up and stuff, but I think you got to the beauty of him being so young and being on a rookie deal, you got to just throw him in there if it doesn't work after 12 games, move him down, let him get accustomed, but he's already shown he's if he was to go play at a lower level, he would be the best player in the league. He was the best player in the league this year he was 2 years ago. It's ridiculous. So I think there's nothing more for him to do in the lower levels. You might as well toss him up there. Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, and that would just be so exciting for the NHL. Yeah. Know? Like, yeah. looking at the regular season, it's, it, I feel like the ratings would just go through the roof seeing this guy. Yeah, know? I don't know if you saw, but when Chicago won the lottery, they sold um, $2 million a season tickets in two hours. Wow. So oh, my god. They just, like... People are excited, for sure. <laughs> and I'm excited just to watch him. I wish he wasn't on Chicago, but, I mean, yeah, I think it's going to be something crazy, something yeah. special. No, that's that's really exciting there, and it's really good for the NHL just as a product, you know, just bringing in more of this talent. And I think we're seeing it all over the place. The talent level that we're seeing, like, come into these leagues just unbelievable. Every so. year. I mean, it's true for every single sport, but it's, like, faster and that's the one thing I said he's not as big the game you're not really going to get like except for the playoffs you're not really going to expect to just try to get railed by a defenseman as much as you would 20 years ago but yeah it's crazy the talent I mean like the stuff they do now you see them the, you probably have seen it the guy who picks it up on his stick behind the oh, yeah, yep. I mean if you would have said someone was doing that 20 years ago they literally would have no one would have believed you and just like the speed and the shot I mean, if you want to see it, go search Connor Bedard on YouTube or TikTok. And it's like, how is he doing? 
Hello, hello. This is Giovanni Mosheri. You may have heard me a couple times on Jake's Takes. I am the sports media director of Oakland University's campus radio station, WXOU, and I've been the host for about two years of a weekly sports show called The Jomo Show, where we cover all of Oakland University athletics, including a weekly update on scores and highlights, as well as interviews with athletes or those otherwise involved in athletics. You can listen to The Jomo Show live on WXOU Thursdays at 6, or you can tune in to me afterwards on Spotify. It's The Jomo Show. any of this it's nuts yeah. yeah no that's that's super exciting and even though it's in the red wings division like it's still great for hockey and i'm definitely excited to see him play all right so let's move on to the current day nhl playoffs right now okay i wanted to talk about that you were talking to me about the nhl playoffs and how it's kind of different from the regular season like everybody tells me it's completely different in playoff hockey compared to regular season hockey. Talk to me about that intensity level and, like, why is it so different? Well, yeah, it's different because, one, hockey, you're playing it only on a night or two off, and it just tears these guys' bodies down. So that's why you see every year the teams that move on the most, they have big guys. They don't have to have their best players be because they have big guys and they have depth. So you just saw t- uh, yesterday as we were recording this, the Oilers got bounced, and like they literally might have the two best hockey players in the entire world on their team. It's a lot right. with them. It's a lot of the like uh, Los Angeles Angels thing. Okay, where you gotta pay them so much money, and you they got it. They do everything they can, but then just eventually there's a team deeper, and then another big thing is just like I was saying how the physicality isn't there normally in the uh, regular season like it used to be. Mm-hmm. That goes out the window in the playoffs. There's been some crazy hits. Jacob Truba, when the Rangers got eliminated, just like it was like helmet goes flying. <laughs> so yeah, there's been uh and then it's just hockey, it's a lot of like brotherhood and these guys you, you can see it when they're playing and you could hear it in the interviews, but they wanna win so so badly. And like just the intensity that's I was you were saying you wanna get into hockey. If you wanna start watching hockey, the this is the best time to do it. Because it's like true, these guys are beat up, they're playing on broken ankles, broken wrists, but they're just fighting through it. The intensity is crazy, the atmospheres at the games are for, like, in North Carolina, the Hurricanes, it's, you gotta, they got towels going, they have storm horns going before the games, but the atmosphere is crazy, just the intensity and the speed is crazy, and it's unlike anything else, just the way it flows and the physicality mixed with the skill, I think. Yeah, no, I mean, and I've always loved it, especially with the NHL. I feel like the NHL and the NBA do a great job. Like, they're very similar in the way they do their playoffs where it's a seven-game series, and I feel like there's just a lot of adjustments that could be made, and it makes it so much, like, more fun to watch, especially when you're watching, like, one series. You're like, oh, maybe they're doing something different. I look at it in basketball terms like, Nope, there's a tree falling down, but that's what you get with the outdoor podcast. But, like, I look at it NBA terms like, oh, they just switched to zone here, you know? Or, um, oh, now they're double-teaming the post, something like that, you know? And I'm sure you can see some of that in hockey with some of these series. Like, um, talking about looking at some of the teams, like, it's just very interesting to see. Like, Florida Panthers, the eighth seed, right? Yes. Yeah, they were the eighth seed. Like they make these upsets and stuff. Like it's just crazy that 
stars like don't have that much of an impact and like a team can like take yeah you know and then it is a lot of coaching too like you were saying like you you in hockey and the basketball it might be more we're going zone here or you're guarding this guy instead yeah in hockey since it's a little more free-flowing there's not like a, you're not going to notice it in the x's and o's would it be like substitution patterns it's or substitution something like that patterns it's like who your lines are matching up against in hockey it's a big thing you got four lines three guys each who's playing with who okay and then you'll just notice it in the flow of the game like if a team's getting broken open by long passes their coach is going to sit them back more okay and not we're not going to four check and go try to take the puck as hard mm-hmm. or then a lot of it is on a power play and penalty kill so uh edmonton who just they had the this postseason they had the best power play ever okay a good power play is normally like 23 percent is like a really good power play yeah. they were at 56 percent oh my god at one point that's incredible <laughs> so they were just gashing vegas open with it and then vegas just said all right, we're just not going to take penalties. And maybe they gave up one or two goals for not playing as physical or not taking a chance. But at the end of the day, if you can stay out of the box against someone like that, it's worth it. And then on the other hand, like some of these teams left, Carolina's power play is not going to kill you. So I would expect Florida's a big physical team, kind of dirty. They got three or four. Their star player, Tuchuk, okay. he's, a, he's a big dude. He's a goal scorer, but he's physical will hit you so i would not be surprised if they go after him a little bit and try to get them and they're gonna say we'll kill the penalty and try to knock them off their game and see if they can get under their skin a little bit that's that's florida's main thing is you it happened in that boston series a lot too. okay yeah get into that boston series that's kind of what i wanted to talk about so to set the scene a little bit this is what i've been researching a little bit okay the bruins they were the best team in hockey history, regular season-wise, correct? They had the most wins ever. Okay. So they didn't have the most points. I think that's the 95 Red Wings still. Okay. But uh, in between that, they added overtime in the regular season so they can get a win for that. So they're either the best or the second-best hockey team ever, regular season. Okay, so this is like the equivalent, kind of, of the 73-9 and nine Warriors. Am I yeah, correct? Yeah, for the, okay. yes. But. Okay, so setting the scene, they're playing the Florida Panthers in the first round. And they're up 3-1. And then the Panthers come all the way back and win it. So we were just talking about like some of the adjustments and stuff. Was there a clear adjustment in this series? Or did the Panthers just like just figure something out and take them out? So uh, there's a couple, there were a couple different storylines. So the Panthers 8 seed. And you kind of were talking about how there's always upsets in hockey playoffs. It's becoming increasingly just get in and see what happens. Okay. So in hockey, President's Cup, which is the best regular season team, they haven't won the championship since 2013. Wow. Which I think okay. is interesting because in the NBA, a lot of the time you see the best team who everyone – like I think it's chalk sometimes. Like mm-hmm. You knew it was going to be LeBron in the finals and he might win it, and you knew it either could be the Warriors or before that you knew the Spurs were maybe going to win it every year. Or, yeah. But then in hockey, it's just like the best team in the regular season. There's something to be said. People say the Bruins, they were pushing for this record all the way up until the end. And like some of their star players, they had the one seed locked up. Should they have been sitting? Should they have been resting, playing less minutes? They went for it. And then you saw their goalie, uh, who had an incredible season, he got hurt. uh, And he was playing hurt. And they have a really good backup goalie. And they just kept him in there, and they oh. said at three one, and it's like, why don't you just give him a night off, even if you lose, bring him back. And then another interesting thing is, so Florida last year, twenty twenty two, 
they won the President's Cup. So they were the best uh, regular season team. They had some injuries all this year, but uh, something interesting was, so when they came back 3-1, they got bounced in the second round last year, disappointing season for them. Their star player, Chuck, he said in the interview, uh, no one believed it could happen but the guys in this room, basically, because he was like, we know that it doesn't mean anything, the regular season, and they knew what it was like to get upset, so they just, they I, if you said adjustments, they just played physical, just beating physical. the hell out okay. of them behind the play, behind the net. People were not happy on the internet. They were like, Boston fans were pissed off at just like, it was every shift someone ended up on the ground from either team. A lot of fights, just like stuff like that. That's awesome. That That's really cool. And that's like something I miss when it comes to like basketball where there's not as much like physicality in the game. And I feel like that's really cool when you're looking at NHL. So I have a question based off of that physicality just came to my head. At, but how do you like... How do officials officiate the physicality? Are there some officials that let more stuff go? Are there some that just, um, like, are very touchy with the fouls and stuff? Like, how would that work in an NHL sense? Yeah, so it was a big, big talking point in the first round, and still people are complaining about now. So NHL playoffs, there's kind of this understanding that, like, you kind of got to kill a guy to get a penalty. Okay. And if you watch it, like, they'll be beating, they'll be scrumming after the play, but it's not those penalties people are having a problem with because that's understood. We're just going to take both of you. It'll stay even. But it's, like, the tripping penalty or the hitting penalties or, like, the contact stuff or the little, like, ticky-tacky stuff. Normally in the NHL playoffs, and if you ask anyone who's, like, 30, they'll be livid about it because it's just... It's normally just physical, physical, physical. You got to kill a guy to get a penalty. Like, really just let it be pure and free flowing. And then this year, there's more and more, there was more and more ticky tacky stuff at the beginning. But then as the playoffs move on, they're able to get those more experienced NHL crew, like crews in there, refing crews. Okay. And then, so this year, you've seen a little less of that, like less uh, divisive calls or decisive calls, like that people aren't so sure about. There's been a couple, like, puck going over the goal line stuff. Okay. Re- instant review, but it's not anything like that people have had a problem with. It's been the ticky-tacky stuff after the play, but you've seen less of it because they're getting more experienced refs in who know how to call a playoff series and how to have a rapport with the players and when to let guys fight and when to let and then when to break them apart, stuff like that. Okay. That's actually that's something I really never knew because, like, you could have – a refing thing that our team that thinks, oh no, we need to call these ticky tacks, and then some that just let it play more physical. You know, it's just kind of interesting to look at it from a hockey sense and a basketball sense because yeah. it's kind of similar. You know, no, I mean, and it's not, it's not that they shouldn't be calling penalties, but it's stuff where it's like this is really fifty-fifty, or there's uh, as the years go on, you can't really light a guy up like you used to. Okay. But, it, like, I th- I personally am of the belief in the playoffs especially, like, if a guy's got his head down coming over the middle, he's got every right to be lit up. And that's, and in the regular season, sure, call it, protect the players. But now I think you got to let it go. It's part of the game. And if a guy trips a guy behind the play, then that's fair. Call the penalty. But I think it's just the – that could go one way, could go the other. All fan bases would agree they'd rather they just let them play it out because that just gives better hockey – it's more fun to watch a back and forth five on five game than stoppages, whistles. That's like any sport. No one wants to see the. No one wants to go to commercial break. 
stuff like that. 100%. I agree with that 100%. All right. So let's get to the conference finals then. Okay? So I wrote down we got Carolina versus Florida. Okay? And we just talked about Florida a little bit. Fill me in on Carolina and how, like, they match up with Florida in this series going in. So Carolina, uh, if you had me on... When we were, when I was supposed to be able to a couple of days ago, I would have told you it would be an Edmonton Carolina finals. Okay, but Carolina they have their best three goal scorers are hurt, but they're easily the best defensive team in the playoffs left. They don't have great goaltending, but they get it when they need it, and they're the best uh, coach team left. I okay. think they got uh, Rod Brindamore. He's just a like hockey guy. He's been around the game forever. He knows how to like tightened up the ship as it gets later and later in the season. And you watch uh, in the New Jersey Devils series right before this, uh, New Jersey was a great offense. They just have skilled guys all over the place, and they couldn't even get the puck to the net, much less a good scoring opportunity. And I think as uh, the series, like, or as the playoffs go on, you got to – it's always teams that have depth. They do. And then they have, it's good defense and uh, goaltending. And their goaltending, okay. again, isn't great. But their depth is really good. They can go multiple lines deep, match up with most teams, and then they're they're just they're five guys working together. Their forecheck, their defensive zone, their penalty kill. It's just like a it's almost just like a grinded out Big Ten football team. That's like awesome. A classic like Wisconsin Badgers. And almost. you were just telling me that those are the best teams that are able to win in the playoffs. Yeah, like teams with depth and that are great defensively and stuff like that. So yeah. it kind of makes sense, to be honest. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it's just more – it's not star-powered. Like, they don't have – they have stars, but they definitely don't have a superstar on their team. But they just go 14 guys deep, and they just can ro- roll with anyone, stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And then Panthers, okay? We talked about physicality. And to chuck a little bit. Yeah. Okay? Fill me in on some of the others that have stepped up in this playoffs because nobody expected them to be in this situation. Yeah, so you got Sam Reinhart, who's just, he scored the uh, game winner. Another just greasy physical player. Uh, you got Sam Bennett, who they picked up, I think, a couple of years ago. Again, just like they got this first line of, it's a net matchup nightmare because they got Reinhart and uh, to chuck on it. And they're two incredibly skilled guys. But if you put them out there with, like, little guys, try to keep up with them, they'll just turn the momentum of a game, just make plays all over the ice, hit them, take the puck away. But then if you try to match up with uh, – most hockey teams have what they call, like, a grind line, fourth line. Okay. And their, their job is just play defense. A lot of times they try to match up against the other team's best line. But if you put them out there against the, – these guys can play just as physical and, like – uh, chippy as a grind line might, but then they're also unbelievably skilled. So it's just an impossible matchup. Their line has been going uh, ballistic this entire playoffs. Just goals every every clip you see on hockey, like uh, the internet, is them basically. That's awesome. That's really cool. All right, so if you had to pick between Carolina and Florida, who do you got in the series? They're two similar teams again, but I just think the way I saw Carolina perform defensively against a really good offensive uh, and, like, uh, offensive and animated New Jersey team. I just don't know how uh, – I just – I don't know if they can – it doesn't look like they can get enough goals scored on them to lose. feels like if they can get two, three goals in a game, just one one squeak – like, one 
uh, power play maybe, one just lucky bounce. It feels like they can just put a team into overtime at least and just have a shot to win the game. So I think over seven, uh, I think you you got to assume Carolina's going to win. Okay, okay. Uh, I like that. I, I was hoping you'd roll with the upset, but, I mean, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I would say Florida's got just as – if not more stars, they've been uh, another crazy thing about the Boston series coming back to that. So they were hurt all year, okay, and they knew, oh, we're right on the eight seed, we got to get in. So they've basically been playing every the the catch races. They've been playing playoff hockey for two months. Wow, because okay. like you can't you can't take a night off. You got to win every game. You got to get every point to try to squeeze into that eight seed. And they did it. Now, yeah, right here they're knocking on the door at conference finals. I know. Hoping to make it's crazy. It. It's a it's a really good story. That's why I'm kind of interested to see where the where they will land. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for that one. Okay. Let's get to, I believe, is this the Western Conference? It is. Okay. I had that right. Let's go. Cool. But uh, Seattle and Dallas, correct? Yeah. That's tonight, and that's, that's the seven. semifinals. So yeah. game seven. That's been your best second-round series all uh Second round, like, back and forth. Not particularly close games, but interesting, high scoring, and then games flipping back and forth. So for Dallas, this is a also, there's really no super, superstar in this series. Uh, Dallas has this guy, Jason Robertson, who I think is playing hurt right now. He's not a yeah. particularly fast guy to begin with. Okay. But he doesn't have a goal in the second series. And he, I think he was probably top five in scoring this year. Mm-hmm. So it's been partially Seattle's able to neutralize him a lot. And then I think he's got to be battling through something. He doesn't look like his normal self. He's okay. probably a half step behind. And then they're, again, it's just both of these teams. Deep teams, good defensively, well-disciplined. Uh, Dallas, really, really good goaltending. Uh, this guy Ottinger seems to always turn it on in the playoffs, uh-huh. and he'll st- he he can steal a game. There's there will be games where he's just you're not scoring on him no matter what you do, especially in the playoffs. And he's had he's kind of streaky, so he might go out there if he's if he's on he's on, and you don't. I mean, it's impossible when their defense is clicking and he's he's just stopping everything. He's a huge guy. But then also he's been yanked a couple times and taken okay. out this uh, playoffs because it's just you go out you get four in the first period and you can't keep playing him you got to partially it's to keep his confidence up yeah because if you go out there and get ten tucked past you uh, that's just bad for your confidence going to the next game of the series gotcha gotcha and then um, so that's kind of the stars point of view and then looking at the Kraken I wrote down great coaching. And, like, team. Talk to me about the Kraken. I know they're an expansion team. This is their first year? Am I wrong? This is their first year. Okay. So, them in Vegas. uh, No, this is not their first year. Sorry, this is their second year. Second year. Okay. Yeah. They were not very good. But then, they weren't good last year, but then they were able to draft this guy, uh, Maddie Berniers, who's the centerman for them. And he's he's a rookie. He is really, really special. I mean, just, like, both ends of the ice. He's cornerstone piece for your franchise. He might not go out and score like 50, 60 goals in a year, but he's you know he's going to be a dependable player, go out there, get you some points. He knows how to play in uh, tough games. And then, yeah, so NHL expansion draft, you see it too. Vegas is in uh, – you could see two teams, uh, the most two recent expansion teams, playing in the conference final, That'd which is awesome. what I'm rooting for. Uh but yeah, so the way the NHL expansion draft works is every team gets to protect X amount of players, and then the rest of them are up to grab, just like any sports league. But the thing is, like depth is so important in the NHL that if you can go out and just get one or two, like if you can go get the fifth best player from 
20 different teams. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's like, especially in the playoffs, they got uh, hockey. You kind of talked about a player. You say, this is a first, second line player. Like, he's good enough to go and be on a first or second line, or he's a true first line player, Mm -hmm. or he's a bottom six player, meaning he's going to be one of the worst six forwards on your team. That's more of a defensive guy. And it's just all their guys. Every They have four second lines. So I was kind of talking about the makeup of a team is normally you might have one or two goal-scoring lines and then a defensive te- line or a gritty line and then just, like, compile your other forwards into your third line. Uh-huh. They just go out there and they just roll. Everyone plays equal minutes. They just roll five-second li- or four-second lines the whole That's, all- whole that's game. crazy. So dude. it's just no break because a lot of times it's a coach. Like, for a coach, it's, okay, I just saw uh, the first line get off the ice for the other team. I got to now start matching up my lines, playing my guys the right minutes and the right shifts to have my correct line to go match up with them the next time they go out. But then you're playing Seattle, and it's just there's no break. They can always keep the pressure on. Like you said, they're well coached. They're aggressive. They want to take the puck back from you once you lose it. They want to get it back. They want to just keep that momentum going. And they can they they'll be they'll just start burying them. They'll get on a run, and teams will get tired, and they just again they keep rolling these. They're healthy right now too, which is big. But yeah, they go um, they go twenty guys deep on that team. That's they're, they're they're fun to watch. That is amazing, dude. And I mean, I think you you said it perfectly talking about the expansion draft because I was going to get to that, and then it's just like you've but you've been saying it all podcasts. The depth is just so huge in this playoffs, and it just makes so much more sense that Vegas and now um, Seattle have been so successful. You know, yeah. No, I mean, it's because people always love to, and you see it really in basketball. You just saw with the Suns. You can't have two guys, but you you can more so than in hockey. Yeah. Because in hockey, even if your your best player, let's say he's a defenseman, a game 60 minutes, in a game seven, we're doing everything to win this game. He can go out there and give you 24 minutes, no overtime. Yeah. But you can't be out there for, uh, I don't know, didn't Jalen Brunson play 48 minutes? Jalen Brunson played 46 minutes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Like you, It's just not the way the game works. So it's these teams that are strong defensively and able to wear you out over the course of seven games, too, is a big thing because – uh, you'll see a lot of times like these lower seeded teams with a little more depth. You saw it was Florida. They might go down three one, three zero, or not three zero, two zero. But then just as the series wears on, and if you can figure out ways to neutralize other teams' star players, it's then that's when that depth and coaching just really comes into play. Because there's probably not a there's probably not a top seven player in the NHL left in these playoffs which is crazy you would never see that in basketball yeah no that's that's 100 percent true and i feel like it's what makes it kind of in some ways like cooler because like it's more of a team sport and trying to figure out i feel like it'd be harder almost harder to coach it because it's all substitution patterns and trying to get the guys in the right spots it's it's really interesting, you know? Yeah, no, it is. It's uh, And then coaching, like I said, it's a lot of just whose line am I matching up with who. And also, an uh, interesting little thing about hockey is home ice is uh, it's important for any sport, especially in the playoffs or uh, home court advantage or whatever. But in hockey, the way it works is so there, you got, you're got on the fly change, which is like the game's going on and you see the guys hopping over the boards. Then also at a dead whistle or a commercial break or a freeze or a puck goes out of play, the home team gets to send their line out second. 
Okay. So the home coach is able to sit on his bench and he says, okay, I just saw the other team's first line go out. Now I get to send out who I want. Oh, and So it's an even of more it. okay. of an advantage than in any other sport and adjust off that and match up your guys with who you want them to. So that's why sometimes you'll see uh, away coaches send out, let's say it's a defensive zone faceoff, they'll send out okay. their second line. They'll take it, and as soon as the puck gets out of the zone, they all go to the bench first line. Oh. Try to like throw a little switch. But, yeah, so that's why it's really important to win your home games in an NHL series, too. Yeah, that's that's really interesting, something I didn't really know too well for that. All right, so we talked about, well, who do you think is going to win tonight, Seattle or Dallas? I mean, because you talked about them both. Like, you like them both, but who do yeah. you think is going to win? I think I think uh, Dallas's goalie, Jake Ottinger, is going to go out and stop all but one or two and okay. I think I think he's gonna this is his type of game and he's shown it he was a little bit he came onto the scene in the playoffs when uh, Dallas's goalie got hurt in the bubble and people were is he a little fluky and he's proven this year and last night he is legit especially in the playoffs so I have him going out having a hell of a game and just I, th- I think Dallas is but again don't be surprised either way okay me, this will be a 6-2 <laughs> crack and land win. but if I had to pick I would say Dallas okay okay and then they're gonna be playing Vegas and we talked about the expansion side a little bit but they've been around for am I saying like four or five years Does I think sound it's right? seven now actually. wow actually I think seven. they were 2016 so maybe six seasons six seasons and it's okay. interesting with them because you can almost see them now they're in a sense moving away from that um strictly focusing on depth and they have a little more star power and okay. goal scorers so they got like so if you see them and uh Seattle it's it'll be an interesting juxtaposition cuz they've now been able to add a couple like star or re-sign some of their guys that blossomed into stars okay some of their young so they got this guy Mark Stone who's again just like back both ways player Carlson uh then their defenseman who I think was suspended last night for taking a whack at an Edmonton player, but Petrangelo, he's a, he's a really, he's a top five, six defenseman. So they got a little more on the top end. Okay. And I wonder if, uh, if you DC them play Seattle, it would be interesting to how that plays out with, if Seattle could overpower them with uh, just like depth and energy. Okay. And then I also wrote down Jack Eichel for the Golden Knights. Yes. Has, sorry. I'm, has he been, has he been solid? I I also wrote down Mark Stone. Was he dealing with injuries as well? He, uh, he was. And then okay, Eichel, was. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, it's again NHL. It's just like any playoffs. Yeah. But you'll as as teams get eliminated, they'll come out with what these guys were playing through. Okay. And sometimes it's like a freaking David Goggins story. It'll be like his <laughs> ankle is in four different places. So yeah, Eichel. <laughs> That's awesome. I completely forgot. Uh, so he was. Uh, he kind of came onto the scene at the same time as McDavid. Okay. And he was, uh, like, I think he was second overall pick. Just unbelievable player. Would finish in MVP voting, top of the scoring. Then he, in Buffalo, he he got drafted to Buffalo. And okay. he, uh, he kind of, there was a little bit of weird stuff going on there with injuries and maybe... Not medical malpractice, but rushing him back from one, and then he okay. got another. So he just got he had to change the scenery. He came back halfway through this year, and as the playoff, he's never played playoff hockey before. Okay, but you can see him coming into his groove. Uh, game six, he was unbelievable. I think he had a goal and two assists, maybe two and two. Okay. So he's he's a superstar. I don't know how I didn't mention him earlier. <laughs> I think of him as a saber, but uh, you're good. Yeah. Don't worry. So don't he's worry. he's uh, I would say the last superstar left, proven, bona fide, has done it for 
four or five years superstar left in these playoffs. Okay. All right. So we're looking at Vegas, and then you have Dallas winning. You can also play it as the Kraken as well. But yeah. like, who do you think will be representing then the Western Conference in the finals? I th- I would have liked Vegas, but I do think a lot of their guys are playing hurt. Their goal attending uh, situation is weird right now. They have a their main guy got hurt, but he wasn't a stud to start, and they have a. Um, they're, they're running with a rookie right now. But then the interesting Ooh. thing is, I don't know who, if you know who Jonathan Quick is. I have not. He was, uh, he's a goalie was on the, when the Los Angeles Kings were winning a bunch of Stanley oh, Cups. Oh, okay, I remember the name And now. he's, he was like a top one or two, three goalie in the league. He's old now, but they got him at the trade deadline. Oh, okay. So he was their third string. And I, if I'm them, I don't know why you're not giving the guy who's done it before one Stanley Cups shot. Even if he's old, he's only got to win eight games for the rest of the way. Yeah. If I was them, I think you got to toss him in there. But I think a lot of them are playing hurt. Uh, they just had a tough series with Edmonton. They only took it to six. Okay. But I I think when it comes down to it, I think if Dallas – I think if you got Seattle, uh, Vegas, I would take Vegas. Mm-hmm. But I think Dallas with their goaltending and uh, hopefully their guys continue to get – or Jason Robertson will be able to get going. I think I would like them against Vegas. Okay. All right, so we set the stage, okay? I'm going to just say Dallas because you have Dallas beating Seattle. So I'm just going to say Dallas for you. And then Dallas, Carolina for your Stanley Cup. That would be my prediction right now. Okay, all right. And then who do you think will win? I don't know. I mean, (laughs) they're similar made-up teams. Again, Dallas a little more top, uh, top end. I, I, From what I've seen from Carolina lately, it's like when you're watching a – I don't know. You're watching a college football defense, and okay. it's just like, like watching Georgia. It's just like no one's going to score <laughs> on these guys. They've always got four guys behind the puck. Again, they're not going to go out and beat you six to five, but they're going to beat you two to one. And yeah. they're going to, if it's a close game, they know how to play that type of game. I would, I personally, I think I would say Carolina, and then they, their, their home, uh, their stadium is crazy. Really, if you're going to watch any playoff hockey. Watch the first five minutes of the next Carolina home game. Okay. It's okay. nuts. They have this, uh, like, a storm warning siren. They'll have a celebrity come, and they start cranking oh, it. Oh, that's and cool. And it's making this noise during the national anthem uh, <laughs> when he says, uh, the Rockets red glare. The whole fa- they're red. The whole stadium yells red with the guy. Oh, that's It's just sweet. an unbelievable that's atmosphere. So cool. And, I mean, if you want, if you, we mentioned a little uh, before the podcast, but to touch on it, it's North Carolina. I mean, it's not New York. It's not Montreal. Yeah. It's not Toronto. It's not Detroit. And every team left is not a traditional hockey market, much less a the I don't you know about the original six in hockey yeah yeah, yeah. So normally you'll always see just the way it goes you'll see one of them in it mm-hmm. and there's not even a, a, a normal like traditional hockey market at all in this you have two yeah. expansion teams left in the last ten years you have a team from Dallas Texas yeah. uh, Carolina just got moved there from twenty years ago and then the Florida Panthers. and Florida yeah. I mean. And it's good and bad at the same time because you might it'll be bad for the ratings. People, if it was Boston and Toronto in mm-hmm. the uh, conference final, you'd have a hell of a lot more people watching that. But also, it's good because hockey isn't a dominant sport on air or in people's minds. So I think it's good for t- like these people a little more su- southern 
and Carolina and Texas and Florida to like have a team to root for and realize the like gravity and watch these guys. And that's why I hope it's a good conference finals. Yeah. Because I hope it's a good um, representation of the NHL's product and what playoff hockey can be. And I do think it will be just the matchups and the types of teams playing. I think it'll be really interesting. Yeah, from what you're telling me, like – I think the only series that could, like, not be close would probably be Carolina-Florida because, like, Carolina could dominate. Yes. But, um, like, from your telling me, like, this Seattle-Dallas game tonight will be really good, you know? And then whoever makes it out of that will challenge Vegas. So I feel like that one could be interesting, yeah. you know? And um, I think I think it's exciting, dude. You've gotten me really excited. No, this. dude. I mean, so, yeah, I, I – I don't think, I don't see a world where, like you said, the only, the only way I see a series going, really five or less, is if uh, Carolina just plays their game and beats Florida and like just like takes the steam out of them. And again, I could not, I would not be surprised to see Florida kind of take a clap here because again, they've been, these guys have been playing so many minutes for the last literally two and a half months just trying to get in and now they're in and you see what they're able to do but when does that catch up to you when does and then but I do think if Carolina wins that series in five six four games it's not going to be four blowouts yeah it's going to be four good games but if I I don't think either of these conference finals regardless of the Seattle uh Dallas game I don't see either of them ending in less than six uh, personally which would be awesome for yeah. the NHL no yeah. I know I mean I'm hoping uh I'm hoping you get two game sevens right yeah. that's the yeah. best way to no that's the best way to close a series you know yeah. the and game seven that may that'll give you a good Stanley Cup because they're same amount of rest but yeah I don't know I think these are gonna be a good I think it's going to be a different conference finals. I think people are going to see a side of the fan bases, too, from these southern teams where it's like, oh, they didn't know there was so much passion for the game down there and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no. Well, I am very excited. I'm very happy you came on the podcast, Peter, to catch me up on everything because now I feel like I'm ready to go watch some NHL NHL hockey tonight because there's no NBA, so what am I going to do tonight, you know? But, uh, Peter... I'd like to thank you for joining the podcast, yeah, man. I I'm mean, glad. this was a lot of fun. This was yeah, this was fun. Glad yeah. to talk hockey. I know, dude. I know. This is sweet. All right, well, that's going to wrap up Jake's Takes. This is episode 21 with my guy Peter Murphy, and we're going to be out of here. Peace. Peace.